Swear with the goons. Big step, I just came from the moon. I'm smoking the real one. I'm working the fool. I'm gripping my tool. Right when I dropped out of school. And my dog gon' shoot. And his head ain't tight with the screws. I want you to know that we spit out the cool. Tatted the fake cause I didn't want the mule. Standing in the truck, moving bold like I'm Luda. Ball head the coupe and I call it the Buddha. Cool, cool, and we are back in the break room. Me, Charles Carter, with Evan Schumar back with us today. What's up, bro? Hey, how's it going, man? Thank you for having me back. Of course, man. People demanded it. I wanted you back. So you're here, bro. Uh, so before we got started, man, Evan started off by saying that 50 Cent is one of the best rappers in the, what, the 2000s? Yes, yes, most definitely. Of that generation? Absolutely. Okay. So the other people I had to throw in there was what? I had Andre Three Stacks. I had Jay-Z. Lil Wayne was kind of just coming into the picture. Yeah, he uh, had like the Carter one out by that time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Carter two. Carter two, something like that. He was still definitely still up on the bird, man. Mm. Who else? Who else? Who else? Uh, yeah, people like like Eminem, Fifty, Eminem, Fifty. Yeah, that uh, was. Snoop was still like popping at the time. You know, he had came out with you know dropping like it's hot and you know stuff like that. But like the thing that I think like, separates Wu Tang was clam still out there. Yeah, yeah. You know, all them old school boys was still popping in the early two thousands. But like I think what made um, Fifty Cent so much like different and better than a lot of the other people is because he made real. Gangsta rap. He did. He made murder music. He did make murder music. He did make murder music. Okay. And I said, yeah, he was uh, produced probably the best show ever on television, Power. Yes. Which was way better than Empire, which is like the the dark version of Empire without all the singing about who you killed, you know? Yeah, just, uh, just murdering and moving dope. Yeah, exactly. Just a lot of death and drugs, so... Love to see it. Go check it out. Go check out Power. Go I know. Out. I know. Fifty had the greatest time playing Kanan on there. I Facts. know he, he did. Had he didn't even have to act. He was like, "I'm just go out here and be a, be myself and act a complete ass." Facts. Facts. Okay. Also, what was it? What was the other show? What was the other show we talking about? Oh, we talking. We talk, I asked you about some movies. Uh, I asked you about uh, uh, what's the the Purge Forever movie was was out. I think it's out now, and um, I want to see that. You said you haven't seen Quiet Place. No. Check that out. I do not do horror movies. It's not. It's a thriller. It's a thriller. It's a thriller. Uh, you, you you did say that. You it's did a thriller. Say that. It's a thriller. So it's like I don't really do horror movies. Insidious was the last horror movie I will ever watch, <laughs> ever. And if I, I can't even watch the same movie twice. I can't even watch, even though I've seen. Like, it, I, I don't even want to go twice. back and scar myself again. <laughs> I can't do that again. Um, uh, what's another movie? Black Widow. Whenever that comes, I'm gonna go check that out because I feel like that's gonna be live. Like she's, uh, I think she's fighting a uh, Taskmaster, or somebody. You know who that is? Mm-mm. No, not a big Marvel guy. Nah, I mean I do like Marvel, but um, Ta- okay, okay. I, I might be lacking. Hey, hey, no, you good, bro? Taskmaster. I think he was a guy who like he copies your moves, like a like fighting style type of copy, like a like a I don't know. You in you in anime? Yeah. Okay, Naruto. Yeah, yeah. Okay, like it's it's like him having like the Sharingan or something like that. You know, mm-hmm. all he okay. just, he can fight exactly like you. And so, type deal. Uh, but getting right into it, man. So this is how the show's going to go. Well, I'm not going to give you the whole breakdown. We're going to let it be a surprise. First person we're getting into, we're getting into Shikari Richardson. If you have not heard, Shikari Richardson is the fastest woman in the United States currently right now. She came out and ran a 10.86 in the 100-meter dash. Unfortunately, uh, she was tested positive for cannabis and is unable to run the women's 100. But she, they said, this is how, this is how the rule broke up. So she's going to be suspended for a month, but was going to, so couldn't run in the 100 meter, but was going to be able to run in the four by one. 
And then you were saying something about uh, track and field had like something a different rule or something like that. Oh yeah, no, they they made the executive decision that they're not gonna allow her on the four by one team. They're just cohering to you know every all these racist weed laws that have been in existence and just the whole like just negative aspect on it that like oh it's a performance enhancing drug and everything and it's like the woman literally was broken some news that her mother died by a reporter yeah. it's like she got a little high to ease her anxiety whatever if that makes you feel like that enhances your performance by making you more you know focused or whatever you know she had going on then you know that, that that's a you problem but i just think that with all the changes that are happening across all different sports involving you know this the testing of weed or allowing it in general like i just think that this is a um a very conservative and old school move by the united states track and field team definitely i think it's more so like a pushback of like the old culture that used to kind of proceed over like just sports and in america in general mm-hmm. just trying to push back against like I want to say how forward thinking things are going, but just how forward things are just progressing. Things are kind of moving against that because it's kind of been proven that weed is not a performance enhancing drug. It's yeah, the actual proper science has been coming out about it now. It's not just the government telling you, oh, you know, weed's gonna make you, you know, lazy, not do nothing and stuff. It's like, yeah, that's what you wanted people to say so you could arrest them back in the seventies. Yep, because it fit their narrative. Sixties, seventies, go to jail. And stay there, uh, what, stay there till you're 50. You yeah, know? just because you had, you know, uh, a joint on you. Right. So, um, but also, like, I've also heard some things that people are saying that, oh, what is, because reports always said her birth mother. And, like, people would, well, why don't they just say her mother and not her birth mother? So, some background of that, Shakari Richardson was raised by her grandmother and her aunt. And so, people are like, well, was she adopted? Well, she was just with a guardian. Those were her guardians. Who was her birth mother to her? You know, if she didn't stay with her, why was it important that, why does she feel so bad to smoke or do it? You know, for me and everyone, you know, we spoke about this, man. Everybody's family situation is different. You know, people don't always live with their parents. People don't always live with their grandparents, aunts, uncles, whoever is your caretaker at the time uh, or is just caring for you. People always have that one person in their family that's kind of like, I don't want to say the black sheep, but the... Like somewhat of an outlier, you know. What I mean? I'm not trying to say anything negative about her mother because I don't know her at all, uh, and um, also I present with Shakari Richardson for the loss of her mother and her family as well. But we don't know her mother specifically. We don't know what her life was. We don't know what her lifestyle was. But anyway, her mother wasn't necessarily in her life to the extent that she she might be in mine or in yours, you know. So that being said, there was something that was something about her lifestyle that was kind of productive to what Shakari was involved in with the Olympics. Just kind of cut and dry like that. So for her to lose her mother at such a point in her pursuing her goals, which is reaching the Olympics and training and everything, it's a major blow. You know what I mean? For people we care about, we want them to share in our in our achievements, you know, graduating school or high school or college or getting that job we always wanted or moving to the house we want to live in or birth of your kids or whatever you know you always want the people most important to you there with you you want them to share in those moments and so for her to lose her mother at the pinnacle besides winning a gold medal but like kind of the milestone right before that point it's it's pretty heavy man so if she was saying that she did that to cope with the loss of her mother man I i think it's so inhuman of people to kind of look down upon that and not really understand that life is real death is real and loss is real so and she's only 21 years old exactly man exactly so like like you were saying like we don't know how involved you know their relationship were and how how involved they were in uh, their lives but 
I couldn't imagine. Like, I'm, I'm 22. Mm. I couldn't imagine losing my mom right now. I don't know what I would do. And this woman had to turn around. And like you said, she was trying to break, you know, into the Olympics. So she's over here trying to reach the next, you know, step in her, her life. And not having your mom around there, like, that's... That's just something a lot of people can't fathom. And a lot of people, the ones that are sounding off on Twitter and, you know, the people that, you know, have real big problems with it are, you know, like older people that, you know, maybe have already lost their parents or like they're just grownups. They're not a young woman trying to find her way in the world exactly. and literally start her career. And, you know, I, I would just like to give, uh, uh, like you said, some some thoughts and prayers to her and her family. But, you know, I would also like to commend some of the athletes on Twitter, like Patrick Mahomes and some also, of the bigger star yeah, names that have come out definitely. and shown their support for her. Like in the fact that this is stupid, because like we were saying earlier, so many sports like the NFL and NBA have like heavily relaxed their like weed testing. Like there's still drug tests for all the other things. You know, if you're smoking crack, you know, <laughs> definitely don't need to be out there performing. But like, you know, she's smoking weed and the Nevada State Athletic Commission actually this week said that they're no longer going to be testing for marijuana and they're not going to punish you know the fighters and stuff so that's a it's great news for the UFC because I know like the Diaz brothers Nate and Nick Diaz everybody and their mama knows if you watch UFC that they smoke and they, they'll tell you about it and stuff it's like now like a lot of times they passed up on fights just because they knew that like oh I can't pass a drug test right now it's like bro it's like it's, if it's just for weed and that's the way you use to recover and stuff you know cool for you that works for you I just think that you know it's it's just the old school way of thinking like we had talked about earlier. I'm, I hope that in the future, probably in the next Olympics, that they probably won't even test for weed anymore, and just like every other sport's going towards. Yeah, and then like that. also with that, with Nevada uh, changing the laws, that's also part of like the paradigm shift we were talk, just talking about. Like that pushback from the Olympics saying they won't allow her to run is like the old way of thinking, trying to fight back against the, the shift that's taking place. Mm-hmm. And so then you are, you've seen the NFL, you've seen now with the USC, you've seen some of the, uh, some other laws are going to change with other sports, probably definitely in the near future, I believe, but there's a change taking place in that some people, uh, also siding with the old way of thinking that, uh, you shouldn't do this and, you know, go to jail and, or uh, you should have known better. And, you know, and, trying to force what you know what they think they would have done you know people can can always speak about what you would have done when they're not in the situation you know so they're always saying that oh I wouldn't have done that or she should have known better and et cetera et cetera but there's a definitely a lack of empathy that people claim they have but they aren't necessarily exhibiting so there definitely needs to be a change of heart and definitely somebody she's a young lady she's 21 you know have some empathy just like you know my, you know my mom always says from the moment I, uh, I was born and me and my brother was born, she's going to be a parent until we die. And definitely even after that, you know what I mean? She's always mm-hmm. going to be our mom, vice versa. The, the second we were born, she's always going to be our mom till the day she dies. And even after that. So, uh, Yeah, someone who, who's got a lot of scrutiny for their comments is some uh, Australian reporter. Her name is Claire Lehman. And she tweeted out like, oh, like looking at uh, like had a picture of um, you know her nails and her hair and everything like oh did you know that you know long hair and long nails are a sign of steroid use that's stupid use your common sense like bro how ignorant do you have to be to make those comments like obviously her nails are fake like obviously obviously man and this is not this almost like that's almost I can make a whole nother segment on that but um, That's just ignorant. I'm gonna leave it at that. It's, it's That's beyond ignorant. ignorant. It's beyond ignorant because it's like, okay, I don't know anybody who hasn't seen a woman with fake nails before. Like, unless you live under a rock with Patrick Starr, you're gonna see a woman with fake nails. It's it's, it's just a part of 
how women kind of dress themselves now. It's yeah. just what it is. Part of the culture. Exactly. So and it's always been that way too. Like females always get their nails done and stuff, you know, that's their way of, you know, making themselves, you know, feel better and, you know, good good for them. Like if she wants to wear no nails and run, cool. If she wants to wear the longest nails in the world to where you can't type on your phone when she runs, cool. Like it's not like that's gonna affect her performance. It's not a performance enhancing, you know, substance or anything like that. Like And also it, it baffles me how some adults want to diminish her accomplishment. She ran a ten eight six. One of the best things, the biggest things in sports, why sports are so attractive to people, is to see athletes that, you know, just world class athletes, people who think who do things that you can't do. See something amazing. You know what I mean? So they always want to go diminish it instantly. It's, it's instantly. For what reason? And so but the reason you're watching is to see something. How would people look at sports if you saw somebody run oh, well, she ran a ten eight six to one hundred? If you see somebody run a twenty, you think, oh, Man, my grandma could run the 20, you know what I mean? She walks every day. She speed walks every day, you know what I mean? So if you saw them do what you can do, sports wouldn't be attractive. The whole reason they are attractive because you see them do things that you cannot do yourself. Yeah. I just think everybody is just just jealous. You know, we live in a, like a world where everybody's so greedy and selfish. So they they they, they can keep their negative energy over there. And I, I really hope that Miss um, Richardson doesn't have to um, deal with this much longer. I hope that the rest of the world goes ahead and joins her. I definitely agree. And with and also with the marijuana and sports thing, that, that is that needs to stop. Also, like not just for um, moving on from the Olympics and uh, Shakari Richardson, but um, for the NFL, for the NBA, how many great talents have we missed out on because of this rule? I know Josh Gordon is Josh the first thing that comes to my mind. backflip right now. Josh Gordon is turning a backflip. And the crazy thing is a lot of players have already, like, hit it, the fact that they've, you know, smoked weed and did this and that. Sean Smith, a former defensive tackle, he played for the Chiefs for a while. He admitted on a Bleach Report interview that he used to smoke two blunts before every single game he ever played. Like, the one question I want to ask is, like, bro, where did you go to go do this? Because, like, if you're in an away game, it's not like you could just go to your car yeah. or, like, you know, go outside to a corner of the stadium that you know. Like, if you're in the middle of, like, n- New England or something in a snowstorm, <laughs> how, how are you smoking those blunts, G? Exactly, man. And then Percy Harvin was uh, another one that came out, I think, a little bit after that. He was like, I was high for every single game I ever played in the NFL because I know he was one of those big people that, like, pushed for, like, mental health and he had his problems with uh, performance-based anxiety and stuff. He went out there, he was high, did his thing, had, you know, concussion issues and injury problems that shortened his career. But the weed didn't, you know, make him forget the plays and yeah. he's not lining up on the wrong side of the field or lining up backwards or he's not like, you know what, I don't want to go out there and return this punt. <laughs> I'm just going to sit here, I'm going to get some Gatorade. Anybody, I wonder if somebody's got some Skittles in the stands. Like, no, like, that's not how it works. I want a nap. <laughs> Yeah, so so obviously if, like, players in the NFL can go out there and you got, you know, 20 other people running around doing their jobs, and if you can do your job, I think that kind of just proves that, like, we being viewed as a performance enhancer or in any, like, negative light is just just outdated, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree, man. That's going to be it. First segment, we're going to be back in just a minute, so hang tight. This is the break room. Uh, follow us on Twitter at the Break Room H O U and on Instagram at the Breakroom Podcast on Facebook at the Breakroom Podcast One. It's gonna be a lot of pictures, a lot of feed, a lot of things, places we go. Uh, we might even throw some restaurants we're trying to in the city. 
Also, what was I missing? Oh, all our podcasts are posted there as well. So also subscribe and follow all our pages on you know Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts from. Also, Evan, shout out all your socials. Oh, yeah. Y'all can go ahead and follow me on Twitter at Evan Schumar TV. That's S-H-U-M-A-R-D. And y'all can follow me on Instagram at Evan18, E-V-A-N-0-N-E-8. All right, that is all for this segment. We'll be right back in just a second. Hang tight. Nigga, go lie like E-A. Hey, tell her to throw it back like a replay. Hey, 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 hey. Hey, run through the door like a relay. Hey, tell the door back like a replay. Hey, make it rotate like a DJ. Hey, 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 2K8, lie, lie, lie. go lie like EA. Hey, tell the door back like a replay. Hey, 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 hey. Yep, all right, we are back in the break room, man, taking it easy. Me and Evan, so going right into it for the NBA Finals. I know this is probably the news you was waiting on, so. We put up a poll about uh, who you all thought win. Just about everybody thought the Suns were going to win at home. So, you know, shout out to y'all. for. I was one of those people that voted. You were. You were. And so shout out to everybody who picked correctly, which is everybody who voted. So hope you all won some money, if you bet. big question I wanted to ask was, did the Suns win or did the Bucks lose? The Suns won that, won that game for sure. Uh, the biggest difference, looking at just the, the stat sheet, is the free throws. They shot 96%. They went 25 of 26. They only missed one free throw as a team. And then you go look over at the Bucks. Jay Crowder. 56%. 9 of 16 from the charity strike. You you can't do that. Yeah, you can. And that's a result of just not being ready for the moment. There, yeah. there, there's no excuse. They're, the Bucks are not one of those teams that are going to come out and shoot 60% as a, as a squad. No, they're more disciplined than that and you can tell they're a disciplined team by how they play defense and how they operate like they're a very professional team that's something you can't do they're just they just weren't ready for the moment and no I agree with you man and um one thing that kind of needs to be stated about the books was that I don't know what else I want from them okay I need more from you I I guess I can want get more out of Giannis but yeah we need a lot more of him out of the charity strike Uh, yeah his free throws are just getting worse and worse it seems but that's that's about it I mean the free throws weren't enough, well, just from Giannis specifically, the free throws weren't enough to bring them back in the game. It would have made them, well, at one point, at one point there was a 10-point uh, deficit. That's it. And oh, yeah, they, they were, were closing it out. They were closing it out close towards the end. they were getting beat up earlier. Yeah, towards the end they were closing it out. And the free throws, we would have made those, would have made the game a lot closer within, within reach. But as far as, like, say the game as is, right, what more could they have done offensively, defensively, I don't really know. I don't really know. I don't really know too much else they could have done. Um, the one problem that they're having is the same problem that everybody else in the league has had this year, and it's how do you stop Chris Paul and DeAndre Ayton on the pick and roll? Because yep. they're they're literally just having their way with it. And DeAndre Ayton, that man has – you want to talk about somebody that stepped up? Man. Like, I get man. that he was the number one pick and everything, but like he kind of had, like – to me, it seemed like he had a slower start to his career. And then this year, like, I don't, I don't know if it's just the emergence of Chris Paul, whether it's, you know, better coaching, just – being in the league longer, you know, you get experience, stuff like that. But this man has come out and performed. Man, I used to not know how to feel about DeAndre because, like, to me, he was a big man that always played small. And so I was thinking, like, there's no way he's, he has nothing for Giannis. He's not going to have nothing for Lopez. He had 19 boards for them last exactly, night. Exactly, <laughs> right, man, exactly. And so that, I was shocked. And, that, you know, even though he's performed well, like, throughout the whole playoffs, he's he's been pretty consistent. I just thought that, you know, Giannis's athleticism – also size 
Brooke Lopez just his size and what what we found out Brooke Lopez can do because it's like um, what was it last series he found out on the last game that he's seven foot and he can actually like you know make a layup so when he had well, I think he had like 30, 30 something points that game and so I was thinking, okay, well, maybe they're going to get Brooke Lopez a little bit more involved, you know what I mean? And maybe they can run like a Twin Towers type of deal and just kind of destroy the paint. Yeah, because they are a, a long team. Exactly. And the Suns are short. They're not They're not big at all. Yeah, I was looking at the mids that were played, and I'm like, who's coming in to sub for Aiden at the five? I was like, ain't, they, there's no way they're going to have Frank Kaminsky out there. <laughs> that That's not a good look because Brooke Lopez and, like, I know I was just telling you this. DeAndre Ayton's going to have, I don't want to say he's going to have a hard time, but he's going to have more of a job to do guarding Brooke Lopez since he is a stretch big. He can, you know, he's going to have to be working out on the perimeter some more and guarding him for the three ball and as well as bullying, you know, in the paint. You know, I, I think he'll be able to to have his way with him overall, though. Yeah, and I, also I think, you know, one, I didn't think Giannis was going to be back this game. At first I thought he was rushed back, and so I thought he was going to be super limited, which, uh, he kind of he he had a good he had a, a solid comeback game for that hyper extension. Yeah, he had like, pedestrian numbers for his uh, exactly, his liking at least. Exactly. So it was like it was okay for him coming back off that hyper extension. So I'm like okay, a, know, a light twenty and seventeen. You know? Exactly. Very light twenty. So him coming back, I was like okay, you know. He's building for the next game. For the it's a series, it's a, it's a marathon, not a race. And so I'm like, okay, he can still build off of that and have a better game. And so with that being said, I was thinking, well, hmm, if he had a light twenty, how will they handle? And the, the, they were closing the gap towards the end. How will they handle him getting into a rhythm? Do you think do you think we'll see more of old Giannis before the injury? Do you think he'll like be completely like 100% from that injury? 100% I I don't think he'll be 100%. Mm-hmm. That just I'm knowing how like these these kneecaps be working out here. Yeah. And the way he hyperextended that, I mean, I feel like he's going to have some soreness and stuff like that. He's going to deal with to where he's going to be I don't say he's going to be like hampered by it during a game, but it'll be noticeable versus we can just go out there and go play. But I think the one thing that's going to make a difference in this series is Chris Middleton. Definitely. Before we leave, Giannis, the only thing I was surprised about, they did let him handle the ball coming up court a few times. They got to stop doing that. They, that needs he is to- so much better as the role man and not the ball handler. Exactly. But they try to make him like a point forward like LeBron, and he, that's not him. I don't know if this is Budenholzer's plan or if Drew Holiday just – doesn't want to tote the rock or if it's Giannis like saying everybody step aside I got this somebody's got to step in and change that make Drew Holiday actually play point guard for once like stop letting him just be a defensive player he's not he's not PJ Tucker like Drew Holiday can he's not a he's not a super great perimeter scorer he's not but Drew Holiday has a bag it might be a small one, but he has somewhat of a bag. Yeah, he was definitely broke from three and went oh four exactly. in game one. But make him play point guard and stop be letting Giannis bring up the ball. That that's going to be a recipe for disaster. Like you're not going to win like that. That was my last thing on Giannis. As far as Chris Middleton, Chris Middleton is like we were talking. About, he's he's the guy. He has to, he's definitely the most skilled player on the on the Bucks team, and so he has to be your go getter. He had 29 points. I mean, that's 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 good. He shot, you know, a little less than 50%. It's not like he was playing bad, but in 45 minutes, you got to deliver more than 29 points. Like, we saw what KD did in the elimination yeah. game. Dude was out there, played every single minute. 
Yeah, oh man, was putting up every single bucket he could. And I, I get that, you know, Chris Middleton and KD are two totally, totally different, different animals. Players, yeah. Like I'm in no way, shape, or form comparing them skill wise. But I'm mm. talking about like men- mentality wise. Like he's got to come out and be ready to step up and deliver, especially with Giannis not being 100 percent of himself. Somebody's got to be willing to step up and deliver. I, I would think that Chris Middleton would have to be that guy for the Bucks. Yeah. I, I don't see anybody. I mean, Bobby Portis, he, he's a fan favorite, but he's not going to give you buckets like that. Yeah, okay, Chris Middleton is – Chris Middleton has to be – you need him to be I, – I, The best I, version of himself. Exactly. I'm like, there's no other way to say it. He has to be the best Chris Middleton he can be. Like, yeah. What do you mean by that? He's not KD. So you can't expect that of him because he's not going to come out and play every single middle of the game and drop buku points with so many. He's not going to do that. You can't expect that of him, and that's not fair. But what? What? Okay. So what is the best Chris Middleton? Like, what is that? What does it even look like? What is what is the best Chris version of Chris Middleton look like in the NBA Finals? NBA Finals. All right. This would be in my mind the perfect. Chris Middleton game you get him shooting around 55 60 percent not too many jump shots like he took 26 and made 12 of them in game one if he can narrow that down to about 20 hit like 13 14 you know somewhere around there Mm -hmm. something healthy you know maybe not quite 14 maybe more towards like 12 or 13 mark but he's got to get to the free throw line because he did not shoot a single free throw and they they're going to sit there and hack Giannis every single chance they get because they know Giannis is going to take his 12 15 seconds to shoot this free throw and then when he air balls everybody's going to laugh and then Giannis is now physically not 100% and now he's emotionally not 100% because I I know that's got to take a toll on him. It did happen to him last game because he missed like a few of them in a row like that because they were like they would count down the six and it took for him to shoot his shot. You get to see it in his face he just shakes his head he's like and then he'll turn around do the the follow through a couple (laughs) times he's like alright we're on to the next one and then he does it again it's like man I don't I don't hate Giannis I don't like him I, I just expect more more in, in these types of situations and I get that he's hurt but like the, the whole free throw thing just really bothers me and what else is bothering me is the fact that Devin Booker hasn't like Devin Booker isn't even playing his best and he's still like putting up like decent numbers like he had 27 points but he shot 1-8 from 3 8 or eight of 21 from the from the free th- from the field goals like he shot 10 to 10 from free throw, so that's where he got most of his buckets. But once he starts to get going, which at some point in the series, he he's will. definitely going to get he going. Will. He will. That, that, that's what's going to be the difference of like, hey, are we going to get blown out and it's Suns at four again? Or is Chris Middleton and Giannis going to be able to step up and deliver? And, and that sucks that, you know, it's kind of – I don't – I don't want to say like I feel like it's almost like how it was with LeBron. Like if LeBron doesn't you know put up forty and ten and ten, they're gonna yeah. lose and get blown out. But like it, it, we just need two people to step up for the Bucks because the rest of the team I feel like feeds off their energy and if they're hooping, they're doing good. Everybody else is gonna feel the need to step up and play their best basketball. Definitely. And also like I heard some because I don't know if many people knew this, but Kobe Bryant was the mentor for Devin Booker. He was a mentor for Devin, mm-hmm. Devin Booker. They trained a few times to get a lot. Well, I say a few times, but a lot together and. Devin Booker always talk. Well, he talks about a few times in a few interviews. If you go look him up, um, how Kobe Bryant's game and work ethic really inspired him in his NBA career, and how he because uh, a lot of people refer to Devin. I don't say refer to him, but they talked about him before Chris Paul got there. They had horrible stretches of seasons. They're like twenty wins, eighteen wins. He had a bad record. They always referred to Devin Booker as like a sore loser because sometimes in his interviews he would kind of come off like. I don't want to talk, you know, so, mm-hmm. which I can understand if you're going like 20 and 60, like, you know, so 
but for Devin Booker to now be in the playoffs and they people are actually starting to see like what kind of talent he really has. Uh, I know some people are like you know we're getting to see like the birth of a new Kobe. You know what I mean? Like Kobe. Back oh yeah, you can definitely see some Kobe in his game. I mean? All these little fadeaway middies, you know, posting them up for a second, backing them, fading away. Like it's just so Kobe esque. You know what I mean? We're getting like number eight Kobe again before he went twenty four. One thing I like about D Book is that he takes like smart shots mm. and like that. Back to your question about uh, Chris Middleton and what he needs to stop taking some jump shots. Like I don't know who he thinks he is, but this dude be taking some just ignorant shots, and then that's got to go. But that's one thing mm. I do like about D Book is since he's younger, you know he. For years, you know, like for like four years, five years, he was, you know, in Phoenix and was the man. You know, he was hooping. Thanks. I, I'm not going to sit here and lie and say I watched every Suns game. I did not. But I have seen him get better with his shot selection. Therefore, he's becoming more efficient. Therefore, they're putting in more points. And then, would you look at this? They're in the finals. Crazy. I mean, I mean, half the West was injured also. But yeah, I mean, not, not taking anything away from yeah, yeah, the book. Is already, people are going to put too many asterisks on this ring. If anybody's going to get a get a, a tarnished ring, I want it to be CP3. Yeah, but look, they, they put asterisks on every championship just about. I think they did it on like the last three. I want to say they did it on. Uh, I know the, they did it in the bubble. The yeah, bubble. Mickey Mouse ring is what everybody calls it. The bubble. They did it with uh, Kawhi's ring because half the Warriors were hurt. Yeah. What was the one before that one? I'm, I'm getting lost. I'm getting lost in my memory. Oh, that was the Cavs and Warriors, KD. Cavs and Warriors. There still, yeah. yeah. KD was on the Warriors, and so it was like, oh, it was a wash anyway. So yeah. they, people are going to put Ashton on every ring. They're going to find a way to diminish anytime, anytime anybody wins. So, I mean, Any I way guess, to make it fit their narrative? Exactly. Exactly. So I have a quick question for you. Go ahead. Sons and Four? Hmm, no, 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 no. No, we're not, we're not rocking Sons of Four. I Did can't. you see that he actually met Jamal Murray? I saw that. I, saw I thought that. that was hilarious. So the dude got beat up wearing a Jamal Murray jersey, and then Sons and Four guy meets him. It's like, yeah, bro, bro's got to throw his Jamal jersey. He's got to throw that thing away. He's got to. I'm not saying burn it. You know, I think that's you know a little ignorant, but. He should just, you know, you may, may, maybe donate it to somebody, little brother or something. Like, yeah, Jamal Murray, I, I, I can't support you no more. You, Facts. You just shook the hand of the man that punched my face in while I was wearing your jersey. That was hilarious. Hope he's doing all right. I hope he's doing okay. Hope he's. Oh, they're in Denver. The weave's legal. He's all right over there. He's recovering. <laughs> you know, medicinal uses. It does have. You know, we does have medicinal uses. Hey, I'm not a researcher, but that's what the science says. We are men of facts on the show. Men of facts. Men of Google facts also. Well, that's that's just me. That's just me. That's cool. I'm, I'm a Google facts guy. Yeah, I mean, uh, is Google facts like a specific thing? No, I don't think it. Is it? No, no, I don't think so. Okay, I, 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 I thought you're looking like you go to Google and there's like a Google facts thing. I'm like, I mean, I, I mean, there's Google Scholar, but... Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah see. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. It was something along the lines. Yeah, like, yeah, Google, Google Facts. Scho- I was like, is this something that I don't know about? That's what I mean by Google Facts. When I say Google Facts, I mean like Google Scholar, you know, for oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. college life and research papers. and hey, hey, every, every teacher's lied about me about Wikipedia. Facts. <laughs> uh, oh, man, you made me laugh and forget where we were going. Uh, yeah, me too. <laughs> Oh yeah, I asked you about uh, Sons of Four. That's that's how we got there. Yeah, yeah, you did about Sons <laughs> yeah. of Four. Okay, Sons of Four. No, no, no. Okay, no, I do not think Sons of Four. I think um, I definitely see this going seven. I not seven. I see it going possibly six. I saw six. Mm-hmm. The only reason I am kind of I can't I don't want to definitively say six, but it's because one I'm not sure how Giannis is. If Giannis is like if he's fine like he says he is, it can go seven. Like if he turns it up next game tomorrow. Then yeah, like I can see it going seven. Like he has to explode though and really show me something. Also, Chris Middleton. If he turns it up, then yeah, it can go seven. But if not, if it doesn't go that way, if it can, you know, 
I think home court played a major role with the Suns winning. Also, especially. I, I definitely feel like they're going to win the first two. Yeah. So, but if it doesn't, you know, you know, but also for the Bucks, first time in the finals, um, you got Giannis, you got Chris. I mean, the first time in the finals, that's really all it is. I think the Bucks' home court will also play a role, just like the Suns' home court did. That's why I can't necessarily say I, I got to see how those games go, how the first home court games go for each team. If I'm not mistaken, I feel like the Suns in the playoffs had because I think the Hawks had the best road record, mm-hmm. and I think the Suns were second. Hmm. So they're actually a very good road team. I, I'm almost positive that they were second, but they were definitely up there for sure. I'll, I'll, I'll take the Suns and six. Suns and six. I can, I can go with that. I, I, I don't want to lean because Chris you know Paul's what? not going to drop 32 every game. He's not going to do it every game. Also, they they said about his report like he had like some torn ligaments in his hand. Um, but yeah, he had some torn ligaments in his hand. I think he hurt it back in the, um, I think in the Lakers series. When he had that shoulder, uh, when he first mm-hmm. hurt his shoulder, and they said back when he was like performing bad within, uh, I forgot what was that series in the Clippers series, because um, he was on there for like a, a game or so. I'm trying to remember correctly, because he came back I think for the last few games. I want to say he came back in game three. Okay. Okay. Yeah, he came back in game three, had 15 and 12. So Chris Paul like numbers. Yeah, you know what I mean. So he had kind of mild, really, really mild numbers. And then they, reports came out he had some torn ligaments in his hand. I I can't remember if they, I don't know if it was a shooting hand or his offhand or whatever, but it's basketball. Use your hands in general. So mm-hmm. Yeah, especially with how much he's towing the Rocky. He needs to be good on that for sure. But I, even if he's been dealing with this the whole playoffs, like we've still seen him go out there and put up, you know, even if it's just a pedestrian game for him, you know, 20 points, 8-10 assists. That's still impactful. Yeah, no, seriously. And it's so impactful for the Suns in general. Also, I didn't want to, like, speak on this because I don't want it to happen. But if Chris Paul gets injured, we know how Chris Paul is in the playoffs. Every Houston fan ever praying for his hamstring right now. Exactly. If Chris Paul gets injured, the Suns are done. The Suns, they showed me a little in the Clippers series that they can kind of function a little without Chris Paul. This is the NBA Finals, man. Nobody wants it more than Chris Paul right now. 16th season, first time in the Finals. Didn't go to a super team. You know what I mean? Like, he's he's doing yeah, he it. Took, he took the gritty way. Exactly, man. So, like. Got to have respect for that. Fans wanted for Chris, and nobody wants it more than Chris right now. So, Chris has done so much for the Suns just as far as just leadership in general. And that's so, that's so impactful with them because they're a young squad. If he's not present, I don't see it, man. I see Chris Middleton turning up. I see if he's as healthy as he claims to be. I see Giannis doing a lot better. That's just and that's a, that's too much. Also, PJ Tucker, man, PJ, this is PJ Tucker's first time in the finals too. Funny story: Chris Paul and and uh, PJ Tucker they know each other. They've been friends for like years since they were kids. Chris, I mean, I said Chris Tucker. <laughs> <laughs> PJ Tucker was the reason Chris Paul came to Houston. Um, Chris Paul talked about that in an in a interview back when he did with the Rockets that he was in a Tyson Chandler's house when he got the call from P.J. Tucker saying that he was coming to Houston. You know, he got the phone call, then Chris talked to, I think, uh, Daryl Morey and saying that, you know, he's one son, whatever, whoop-de-whoop, and then they made it happen. Oh, I did not know that. That's actually very interesting. Yeah, so it was not James, and James was the reason he left. So Yeah, that whole uh, little thing on the sideline where, like, Chris Paul was, like, yelling at him, and James Harden just kind of, like, waved him off. He's like, whatever, dude. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, funny story, at the end of that interview, uh, Chris Paul said, yeah, 
yeah, that's a real cute, uh, you have a real cute love story. My trade happened and I had a chance to opt in. That's what gave us the ability to get Tuck. And I remember where I was. I was at Tyson Chandler's house when Tuck hit me and said uh, he was thinking about coming here, you know, and I was like, definitely. You know, we were supposed to go to college together, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> you know what I mean? So for us and our families to know each other as well as they know each other, for us to finally get an opportunity to play together, you know, on the same team after knowing each other for so long and both of us never being, you know, past, you know, that round or whatnot, it's cool and special to get a chance to do it with uh guy I've been with since we were little. Cute love story, man. Hey, relax. <laughs> oh, man. Why are you just going to say something? Man? Gotta say something. Man. Cute. James Harden's currently at home in Brooklyn. Yep. While his former teammates who had the cute love story are now in the NBA Finals. I think it is absolutely hilarious how if you look at that that Rockets team that went mm-hmm. to the Finals, or the, the Western Conference Finals, you have P.J. Tucker, James Harden, Chris Paul, and Clint Capella all played in the conference finals and the Rockets are sitting waiting to get that second draft pick hilarious it's like I think it worked out well for everybody you know Rockets got what they wanted by getting the second pick I guess yeah I mean because obviously they they didn't want to keep the team or at least Daryl Morey wanted to disband it but it it, it was probably time anyway for that it was because it wasn't working out because you're going to the play I mean having a great regular season and going to the playoffs just to get what bumped I mean, what? I mean, who wants that? You know. So, but that'll be all for this segment. We will be right back in the break room. Take it easy. We'll be back in just a second. Yeah, yeah. They scared to come outside. Tell the boys they better pray. Tell the boys stay out the way. Tell them ain't nobody safe. On my mama, on my game. We gonna put it in their face. Welcome everybody back to the break room. This is your boy Evan Schumard here along with Charles Carter. Don't forget the third. Yeah. Coming back in here. We're going to talk about the NBA draft. And I know these Rockets fans are really excited about it. It's the first time in a while they've had a, a top pick. And there's been a lot of rumors going around. Pistons own the first pick. There's been some reports going around that they're shopping that first pick, open to you know some phone calls. Some teams like the Thunder and the Rockets have also made some phone calls. But I don't know why. I just don't think it's worth it for the Rockets to, to move up one spot. You might as well stay it's where you're at because – at this point, it seems to be unanimous that Kay Cunningham is going to be the first pick. It's almost like, you know, looking at an NFL mock draft from this last one, it's like Trevor Lawrence is obviously going to be the first pick. If anything different happens, I'll be very, very surprised. Honestly, I, I, I don't think that... We've already seen the Pistons mess it up back in... What was it? The 0-3 draft with LeBron and yeah. D-Wade and all of them, and then they uh, they drafted that they one. They could have had Carmelo that year, too. Yeah, yeah, they passed up on D-Wade, Melo, and Bosh. That, mm-hmm. That's who they passed up on. I was like, ah, oh, man. So I don't think they're going to be the ones to mess this up because they've still got bad publicity from that to this day. But yeah, just going over uh, this little mock draft from NBCSports.com. Number one, like I said, Kay Cunningham going to the Pistons. That makes complete sense. Rockets fans, the up-and-coming riser in this draft has been Jalen Green shooting guard he was in the g league decided not to go play college ball and this man he he, he he's a very good hooper I, I think that he's going to be explosive i think him and christian wood if, if wood decides to stay would be a nice little 
one-two punch, something to build off of at least, you know, because the Rockets don't really have much to go for now. They they need to stay at the second spot. I'm not sure if Jalen Green is the – because I haven't done any scouting over this. I'm not sure if he is the for sure number two pick, but I've been seeing him rising up a lot of people's boards, so I think that would be a good direction for him to go in. Third pick, the Cavs got him. And this young man, Evan Mobley, seven foot, and he can shoot. He can block shots, and he's just a prototypical big. So I think that, you know, that might be a consideration for the Rockets there as well. But the person they had going at four is the one that I originally thought, the other Jalen in this draft that I thought the Rockets might be interested in if they got a top pick, and that is uh, Jalen Suggs. In this mock draft, they had him going fourth to the Raptors, the point guard out of Gonzaga. And we saw what he did in the March Madness. That man just took over. Thanks. He, he, he's definitely a dog. I feel like he's got it in him. So whatever team he goes to will we'll definitely have them a for-sure star. Yeah, for the Rockets right now, the best thing they can do is just go young. Like, don't don't try to make yourself a win-now team because the West is so, no. Just think about the big picture, wise. The West is so loaded right now. You're not comp- anybody you pick up. You're not competing. Like if unless you have three of them, you're not competing. Like seriously, you're not competing. You can probably make the playoffs, maybe, but it's not really happening. I so, I, I can't see them making the playoffs anytime soon, honestly. Right, and cause the only reason I'm saying you might make the playoffs is if you get like a superstar. And you need, like, a couple of them. You know what I mean? You don't just need just one. You need a couple of them. And you don't really even have any pieces to even make that happen. So the best thing you can do is bide your time and go young. Get some young pieces. Do whatever you can to keep Christian Wood. Do whatever you can to do that. Then use your second pick. Don't move it. Trade up. You have to give up something for the first pick. Don't do that. Just stay where you are. Get who you can. Get whoever you feel like you need. But do the Rockets really want to go for a offensive superstar, not exactly known for playing great defense? Like, we've already kind of seen that. So that's why, like, I've seen some reports that possibly that the Rockets might be interested in Evan Mobley just because he's, you know, like I said, the modern-day big man. He can Mm. shoot, stretch the floor, plays excellent defense in the paint. Seven feet tall, 19, young guy. Like you said, what's what they're looking for and what they should do is they should try to build up their squad through the draft. But, yeah, I'm looking at the the standings and how they fell out last year. I, Dude, there's no way that – because you even have teams like the Pelicans and the Spurs that are, you know, kind of have – some some potential on their roster. Like I mean, I, that's if Demar Derozan stays on the Spurs. I, yeah. I, I, I might take that back because if he's gone, then that team's not going to be contending for the playoffs. But the Warriors didn't make it. You know, they lost their playing game. They're still going to be around. And if the Kings find a way to hold on to De'Aaron Fox, because there's been a lot of uh, trade rumors, uh, as well as with Marvin Bagley, the, yeah. the, the the Kings might be dismantling their young core. I want to run up. A trade proposition I, I saw earlier go today. Ahead, go ahead. So I had seen a trade proposition that said De'Aaron Fox for Ben Simmons. How do you feel about that? That would be amazing. One, I'm a De'Aaron Fox fan. So to put De'Aaron Fox, a dog like De'Aaron Fox, let me say that, with a dog like Joel Embiid, um, well, you're still not making the Eastern Conference Finals. Well, you. Man, no, um, no, 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 you're still not making the East Conference. I don't think you're beating the Bucks, but and you're not beating the Nets either. So, but you will be a real competitor. Do I do I think you're beating the Bucks? No, but could you? Yes, you you definitely could beat the Bucks. You're not beating the Nets though. So, yes, I think it'll be a great move because what Ben Simmons d- did this past playoffs was atrocious. It's inexcusable. It, it, that's it. That. For him to make no 
fourth quarter shot attempts in the fourth quarter of game seven, somebody needs to find him and fire him. Like that, that, they need to get him a shrink too. Something, man. That dude's got a mentality that is broken. Is in the trash is socially distance him from your team because it, it, that's inexcusable. So moving him for De'Aaron Fox, definitely. Only bad thing I see about this is that De'Aaron Fox is a great player and he's going. He's only getting better, right? But he is not what Ben Simmons is defensively. He's nowhere near that. Like, I'm not saying that De'Aaron Fox is a bad defender. He just only guards one position. You know, he's a point guard, so he guards the point guard position. He can't move around like Ben Simmons can. He can't swat, switch like Ben Simmons can. And so, but I think that one factor is so huge for the Sixers is that that's going to play a major role in, and that's going to play a major role later on. You need to rest Joel Embiid. And so you have Ben Simmons on the floor. Ben Simmons can move around and guard whatever position needs to be guarded. De'Aaron Fox can't do that. You lose that mobility as far as moving pieces around. That's one thing the Kings are going to gain. That's just one thing to keep in mind as far as that trade. But as far as just for the Sixers and the scoring output and like an aggressive mentality as far as offense, I love it. I love that. Um, I love that trade. But defensively, it's not a good. It's not a good deal. Yeah, I feel like the, that that is the trade off that you're giving up is the ability to lose a man that can guard one through five. I mean, even though Ben Simmons is obviously had his problems offensively at the free throw line, defense still matters in the NBA. You you still have to be able to you know stop people from scoring, and he's been he was all NBA defense yeah. this year, first team, right? Yeah. So I mean, he's still doing things right. Yeah, he's not playing to like the superstar level that you would expect from him, but. 59% free throw percentage for the year. That That's always going to be the one thing that they're going to knock for him. And the historically low, what was it, 33 34% in, the, like in the playoffs? That, yeah. I mean, Darren Fox isn't exactly like the greatest free throw shooter, but he's shooting them 71%. I mean, that's average. It's average. average you know, it's, 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 it's all right. I, I just think that they're both max contract players. So that at least financially would work out. I'm not sure I would make the trade, but. That's why people make millions of dollars to make that decision. Yeah, and look, speaking of more trade rumors, Kyle Kuzma with the Lakers, speaking of trade rumors about that, and they're saying, like, I've heard some reports saying that maybe looking for DeMar DeRozan or Kimball Walker to move him to come to the Lakers and move him for Kyle Kuzma. What do you think about that? Hey, I'm, I'm all for it, but it seems like nowadays every time that anybody goes to hit the market or there's a trade rumor, if they're a big star, oh, it's oh the Lakers have interest, oh they've you know been in talks or whatever. I'm kind of just tired of it at this point. If it happens, it happens. Everybody and their mama wants to play for the Lakers or you know has had some you know ties to them or something. You know, because so many people from California, oh he wants to go move back to his home state. He doesn't want to go, you know, hooping you know Milwaukee or something like that. Like I'm, I think I'm just kind of over it. <laughs> you done with the whole like West Coast kind of thing? Nah, it's more of just the, like every single person who becomes available is like rumored to go to the Lakers. It's like, is there any truth? Because to me, it seems like there's like no like value in that anymore. It's just like, mm-hmm. oh, no, no, they're gonna go want to go to the Lakers, but then nobody like Kawhi. That was the main thing. It's like, oh, he's going to the Lakers. Well, yeah, I went to the Clippers. Oh, Paul George is going to the Lakers. Oh, he's going to the Clippers. Oh, you know, Russell Westbrook wants to go back to California and go play Lakers. Went to the Wizards. Like, there's Wizards. just so many different like. I, I guess it's just redundant at this point. So, I know what you mean. It, but but if they do pull that off. DeMar DeRozan's good. I think he'll make 
obviously a way bigger impact than Kyle Kuzma. But does he fit the Lakers' offense? Because he can't really shoot threes, and LeBron's going to be the one mostly toting the rock, yeah. and then it's going to be deferred to AD. Having DeMar DeRozan as a three is, is amazing, because normally mm-hmm. he's, he's a one or in, maybe in a great case he'll be a, a two. But having him as a three, that's, that's great. Yeah. I just, I just don't know if he schematically fits with them. I don't know. Um, I, I'll be honest. I didn't really watch too much of DeMar DeRozan or the Spurs uh, to see how his game has changed from what he was with the uh, Raptors, but I know then the shooter is gone because he's asking for a hundred mil like an idiot from the Lakers. And then I want a hundred mil too, man. They're not right, averaging fifteen points and not being a, a three point shooter. No, no, that's not that's not happening, my guy. So he's definitely going to probably going to be out from the Lakers. Also, Kyle Kuzma not showing up, and Kyle Kuzma isn't a bad player, but his problem is he didn't progress like they thought he would. And yeah, he's kind of stayed almost like the same as he was as a rookie. Like, yeah. you're like, oh, this is what he is. Oh, he's going to come to this. And yeah. like you said, it's kind of just hasn't progressed. To be honest, I think Kyle Kuzma is one of those guys. He's not really, really good off the bench. Like, he needs to be one of those guys. He needs some burn. You know what I mean? Like he was before LeBron arrived. So he was getting a lot of burn. He was really progressing really well. But now you put him on the bench, he's kind of... Yeah, he was the one piece that the Lakers were like, oh, yeah, we're keeping him. You know, you can take, you know, Lonzo, Lonzo, take B.I., right. take, take all of them, but we're, we're keeping Kuz. Yeah, so keep, keeping him on the bench and then just trying to throw him into the fire, hoping he'll just get, you know, I don't think that's necessarily his game. If I were Kyle Kuzma, I'm not necessarily sure where I would want to go. I used to think that um, the Pelicans are a dark horse of a young squad, but Brandon Ingles there, where is he going to play? Um... Maybe the he shot himself to the bench, right? So it's like, can he go anywhere and start at this point? Probably, probably, and can be a contender. Yeah, eh, probably not. I, no, if he goes to a team, they're not going to be a contending team. Like, yeah, I mean, hey, I would take him. You know, if I were the Rockets, I mean, I would look for him. If he came to the Rockets, he would definitely be a starter. He would be the star. Him and their number two overall pick. Oh yeah. But but it's like, what, what do the Rockets have to give Nothing. the Lakers and Trey Capital? Nothing. Yeah, exactly. I mean, what? I mean, unless you if you get Kyle Kuzma, you would have to give up Christian Wood. You, why would you do that? Yeah, why there's, would you there, do that? I, I, that would be ignorant. Exactly, because I'm not sure they're gonna keep Andre Drummond, and the AD's always hurt. So always down. Exactly. So Mr. AD himself. Right. Yeah. I don't necessarily know. I mean, when we're speaking hypothetically here, like mm-hmm. right, Lakers would never call the Rockets, and the Rockets shouldn't even think about calling the Lakers because you have nothing to offer. But hypothetically speaking, if that were to happen in a dream world, you know, yeah, yeah, he he would be able to get the the, the play playing time that he wants. He'd be able to take whatever shots he wants. But at the end of the day, you're going to be the 14th seed, 15th seed. You know, so. I would rather, you know, play my 10, 15 minutes coming off the bench for the Lakers and contend for a championship than be the man. Yeah. Because to me, I would rather go out and win. Yeah, because you, you, you're going to make the same amount of money anyway. It's not like he's going to be, you know, re-signing a, con, a fresh new free agent contract over and wherever he goes. He's going to be making the same, same amount of money, but he's got to, you know, if he does get traded, I hope he gets traded to a good team just for his sake. I don't want everyone to see nobody go to a bad situation. Could he go to the Suns? Hmm. Would the Suns want him? They wouldn't. I mean, they don't necessarily need him because they're in the finals. But next year, if everybody's healthy, they're not going to be a real contending team. They'll be in the playoffs. but So, so I see that point. I, I, I respect it. 
gonna give you some pushback though. Go ahead, go they ahead. still were the second seed this year. They were. So even though there were some injuries and stuff, and they were kind of more um, spread out, they still were the second seed. I, I think they're still going to contend if Chris Paul decides to stay. Did he got he has a player option this year, right? Chris Paul. Yeah. I, is it is it time? I, it might be. I think he has a it player option. Yeah. So if, if he if he stays there. I feel like they're they might not be the second seed, but they'll definitely be a top four seed in the West. Top four, okay. Because now right. they have chemistry. Right. They're the one team that got to stay together, so they'll they'll be able to build off of this. Okay, and they'll have a proper off season to you know get healthy and heal, and hopefully not have seventy one days like the Heat and the Lakers did coming out of the bubble. Okay, my thing about that is like. I agree with the chemistry building and all that. In the same breath, all the other teams are going to have the same opportunity. Who have more talent? So you're going to have, and when I say more talent, yes, you have Chris Paul, you have Devin Booker, you have DeAndre Aiden, but LeBron is a a bigger piece. AD is a bigger piece. They're going to definitely gonna, probably going to add somebody else. They're going to get to build. The Clippers are going to be healthy. They're going to get, get to build. Jamal Murray is going to be back. The Warriors are going to be back together because Clay Thompson is going to be back. If Porzingis actually wakes up and, and wakes up and plays, I think he's gone. You think he's done? They have to get rid of him. He he is just a cancer. And you saw how he was complaining about being the second fiddle to Luca. He I saw that, and that was crazy because Luca's going to be an MVP one day. So yeah, it's like, dude, this dude has been hooping professionally since he was like 14 years old and winning MVPs at. 17 in the um, European League in the European League he was playing in so what what's wrong with that like he's playing bad whenever Porzingis gets these opportunities he is not playing good that has nothing to do with Luka and what he's doing that has everything to do with you not performing when you're asked to yeah so if he's gone um, Luka is still enough to get them to the playoffs um, who else who else is in the West um, you got the Trailblazers Trailblazers they were the 6th seed this year don't forget yeah. who is number one, Utah. So, Jamal Murray's going to be back. Uh, Jamal, I said that Jamal Murray's going to be back with uh, with, with Denver. Nuggets. Yep. With the Nuggets. The Jazz are going to be back. I'm just saying, like, it, it's one thing. Like, we saw with the Rockets, it's one thing to do really well. In the, it's another thing. The playoffs are a completely different animal. So, when I say contender, she has to uh, contend in the regular season. Do I think they'll go deep in the playoffs? So if they make the, if they make the conference finals, would you consider that to be contending, or is it like if you're not in the finals, then you're not contending? Because mm, uh, some people just define it differently. I'm just it, curious. It depends on what what are the goals for the team. Like the Nets, if they don't make the finals, it's a bust. You know what I mean? Like I don't consider them succeeding at all. If they, if they make the conference finals and lose. It was a failure. The entire thing was a failure because you made so many moves. You got so many great pieces, and you should have went to the finals. Yeah. That's one thing. The Suns, I don't expect that for them. I still can't believe the Nets lost that series. You know what I mean? So if if they make the conference finals, I do consider that contending for them because I don't expect them to do very much. Because honestly, in my opinion, if Clay is – comes back fully healthy doing what he used to do, there's nobody stopping the Warriors at all. You have James Wiles who's going to be better. You have Steph and Clay, the greatest shooters of all time, back together. Threes are worth way more than twos. This is facts. So, But do they have the rest of the team to be able to produce the way they did? Because, like, yeah, look, let's compare, like, the old Warriors team. Old Warriors, Jesus, crazy thing. A couple years ago, now we're referring to yeah. the old Warriors. Man, the way the NBA changes it just, is, is crazy. It just moves. But to now, so yeah, they still have their main three pieces, you mm-hmm. know, with Draymond, Clay, and Steph. But they just don't have the the role players and the bench like they used to. The only thing I will say is Andrew Wiggins 
is a he was a decent role player in those in those play in those playing games, those playoff games. Uh, I, I, I just don't trust Andrew Wiggins. I, I I can't. He's wildly inconsistent. I can't. He's do it. wildly inconsistent. But everybody who's played for the Warriors and Steve Kerr has become them their best selves, and because the way they play the game, they move, they play fundamentally sound basketball. Anybody who has the shot takes the shot. Mm-hmm. With that being said, you have great the best shooters of all time to back you up if you fall short. That's that. So I believe in. What about I, defensively, though? Defensively, defense. I mean, Clay. Clay we all know a, he's you know, the top tier three yeah. and D guy. Clay, and then you got Draymond. Exactly, James Wiseman. James Wiseman isn't a slouch either on defense. Andrew Wiggins can hold his own. He's not great. He can hold his own. Yeah, I, I just. I just don't know if they'll. So, what's your prediction for the Warriors? Like, where where can you see them being like seated per se? If everybody's healthy, yeah. If everybody's healthy, uh, I see them being like in a perfect NBA world. Everybody in the Western Conference, LeBron's healthy, AD's healthy. You know, Jamal Murray comes back; he's good to go. Kawhi, PG, all of them are healthy. Everybody. Oh, top three, top three. You think the Warriors are a top three seed? Yeah. That's a that's perfect, a hot take right there. In, in a perfect world, when they're healthy, everybody's back. They're fine. There's no injuries. Oh, top three. So Steph almost gave us an MVP. He basically gave us an MVP type season. Who are the teams you think would be like one and two then? One and Assuming two. Assuming that the Warriors would get that, let's say, worst case scenario in your, your position, the third spot. Okay. Um, given the team standing as is, um, without knowing whatever pieces they're going to add or move or whatever, yeah. mm-hmm. um, standing as is right now, um, I'm going to go one. For okay, for the ones so like who are the teams that you could see being ranked above three. the Warriors? Above the Warriors, yeah, just better than. Because mm. I can see the Lakers being better than them. I can see the Lakers. Okay, I can I can go with the Lakers, and I can go with I can go with the Jazz. So Lakers and Jazz would be mm. the two that you could see being above them. Uh, not necessarily above them. But I can see this those that have been in the top three. I don't, can't necessarily place them where, mm-hmm. but Lakers and Jazz, Lakers, Jazz, and Warriors. I kind of look at the Nuggets the way that I kind of looked at the Bucks is like up until this season because the Bucks you know finally found a way to punch their ticket and get in. But I just look at oh the oh. Nuggets as like one of those teams to where take like it back, take it back my fault I said the Jazz I meant to say the Nuggets there we go oh okay okay I mean so you, so you think the Jazz are gonna take a step back uh just a little bit because didn't they go on some like mad winning streak this year mm, was it after uh Donovan Mitchell's injury. Or was it before? I, nah, nah. The Donovan Mitchell was there, so it had to be early on in the season. Oh, no, yeah, yeah. The Jazz, Jazz had a had a long winning streak, and the the Nuggets actually broke it. Anyway, the Western Conference Finals is going to be great once everybody gets back. Oh, not just the Western Conference Finals, just the Western Conference and the whole NBA is going to be great when everybody gets back. I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to it, but you know, we still got the rest of this series to go through, so I feel like that'll be entertaining series. It's nice, it's refreshing to see just two totally different teams that we haven't seen. You know. <laughs> Gonna be, it's gonna be nice. No, Somebody's yeah. winning the first ring, and that, that, that's always nice to and see. And that's always good, man. It's always good for the NBA for another team to get the first ring. Exactly. Um, last thing we want to get to, it was the Rachel Nichols kind of comment she made about uh, Maria Taylor. We're gonna play the audio for you. They said to me, "Hey, instead of hosting the NBA Finals, what would you do as a silent reporter about the NBA Finals?" Because guess what that would play for. Uh, 
I'm trying to figure out, like, how to just, you know, my thing is that, I, you know, I'm just going to tell her all the success in the world. She covers football, she covers basketball. If you need to give her more things to do because you're feeling pressure about your, like, crappy long-time record anniversary, which, by the way, I myself, like, know personally from the female side of it, like, go for it. Just, you know, find it somewhere else. Like, you're not going to find it with me. Basically, she was saying that how did it go? She said she was basically like a, something like a token piece, like a racial token. Yeah, piece. she called her a diversity hire. There we go. But, but before we get too deep into mm. what she said, can we talk about how this came out real quick? Bro, stop snitching in the workplace. Stop snitching. <laughs> what was his name? What was his name? Adam Mendelson. He is a, a apparently he's one of LeBron's advisors, and he was having a conversation with Rachel Nichols on the phone, and he recorded the conversation, and then therefore turned it over to ESPN. What do you gain from that? <laughs> like, I'm just curious, because now now he's getting back backlash because he apparently had said some. Um, ah, man, I can't remember exactly what he said, but he said some some things that were a little shady himself. Mm. So now people are getting mad at him. It's like, dude, just. Keep your private conversations, you know, as a journalist, if it's off the record, keep it off the record, man. Like, but it was fun. Not anymore, though, is it? Is it? No, not by No, now. it's not fun anymore. No. Not even. And like you said, just stop snitching. Bro, stop all the snitching. And so, and like I said, in the audio, we, we played the audio. Rachel Nichols, it sounded like she was kind of just, because she was upset. And it's obviously right, and so she was kind of just venting. I don't think Rachel Nichols is a racist. I I don't believe that. I don't know her personally. You're just giving off the account given by uh, Kendrick Perkins and Richard Jefferson that she was saying that that they sh- she's always treated them kindly and et cetera, et cetera. Uh, she said some things she shouldn't have said, but they don't think she's a racist. She and Kendrick Perkins kind of went on to say it later in some kind of different interview that you know he didn't want to be involved in, and you know a women's kind of dispute or whatever yeah he was like as a man involved with something having to do with two women he's like there, there's no winning for me on that and exactly I completely get I, that I feel Kendrick that. Perkins minding his own business as everybody else in the world should do I feel that and so I will say this what she said about a token piece it can I think she meant what she said I think she definitely meant that um, like I said also I, I will say I don't think Rachel Nichols is a racist but it almost kind of gives me the feeling that I don't know them, Maria Taylor or Rachel Nichols personally, but it sounds like it might be a personal thing. Yeah, I think she said it spitefully. Spitefully, like I for think sure, it, saying that you know, uh, you know, uh, which is a racial, not a racial, uh, cult diversity piece. That, there diversity there, higher. There we go. Diversity yeah. higher. And so her saying that, it's like it's almost saying like, oh, she didn't get put on this because of her talent, but because you know she's a black woman and et cetera, et cetera. So that that. That felt more personal than anything, and so whatever their business is, it's kind of between them. For people to kind of spin it, because you, know, for people who have never had a job before, apparently, you know, things go on in the workplace. People don't like other people in, at work. We've all had somebody we don't like, at at especially at work, and so somebody makes your job harder or takes your job. You know what I mean? Something somebody, like that. Somebody always has something to say, and so that's necessarily what all I thought it was. Was it said incorrectly or the wrong way? Yes. But at the same time, I guess you can't necessarily tell people how to express their feelings, you know, especially when you I mean, you, you feel like you're doing it in confidence, but people are going to report you on a phone call, whatever. But Absolutely wild. Stop the snitching. Oh, my goodness. Yes. PSA for the day. 
Stop snitching. Stop snitching. That's that's the word for this episode. 19. YG got a song called "Stop Snitching." In case you're curious, go check it out, man. Stop snitching. It'll teach you everything you need to know. So, quick question for you before we close ahead. out here: Who's hot? Who's hot? Who's okay? Okay, baby, bit. Okay, for my who's hot, I got LeBron James. What's your reason for that? LeBron James is getting a staple marked in his career. You want to know what it is? Yes, sir. Space Jam. <sighs> The last basketball player to get Space Jam centered around him was who? The bald man himself, Mr. Michael, Michael Jordan. Jordan. Michael Jeffrey Jordan, as Ex- Skip always wants to say. Exactly, man. So LeBron is getting his own Space Jam. And so LeBron is not only switching back. Of those who don't know, LeBron is switching his number from 23 to number 6 for the Lakers this year. He's going back to villain LeBron. Miami Heat LeBron. At the age of 37. He's headband be LeBron gone. coming back? Question mark? Hmm? Is headband LeBron coming back? Hey, hey. I, hey, w- I, I wouldn't be opposed. I, I, I wouldn't hey, be opposed. I wouldn't be opposed. He's going to be 37. 37-year-old LeBron wearing number six. And for those who think that, oh, man, he's going to be 37. He can't really do it anymore. He should retire. LeBron just won finals MVP last year. Not even 365 days ago. Not even th- hey, not even a full year ago. He won Finals MVP. So I don't even want to hear it about, like, oh, he should retire, he's old, whatever, whatever. LeBron James deserves just as much respect for taking care of his body and performing as much as Tom Brady does. So I don't want to hear about that. He's on my Who's Hot. The second person on my Who's Hot is Conor McGregor and his upcoming fight. Conor McGregor has taken how many losses? I can't necessarily remember. Uh, I I know in his last three fights he has one and two. Okay. After he started out with, like, Two amateur losses, so he he's got a got a handful on his his record now. So I want to say like five total. I could be wrong. Conor McGregor has built himself up to such a brand that he is still he's twenty two and five now. Twenty. Oh, so he does. Okay, five losses. Conor McGregor has built himself up to such a brand to such a level that the UFC still finds him useful. Usually, guys, when they lose and they lose that undefeated streak, they kind of lose all the kind of. The mysticism around them, and they kind of they kind of discarded by the U.S. He kind of tossed to the side. He is still headlining fights. He's still making millions, and so with losses on his record. And not- oh yeah, he, he's breaking his previous record for the biggest UFC fight in history. Every time he steps out in the octagon, exactly, man. And the way he got handled by Khabib, and he's still making this kind of money. That hurt. It, he got handled like <laughs> Mr. McGregor. I do it, do it. Mr. McGregor. <laughs> Fuck the Mayweather's. Exactly. Okay. Well, I have some audio that I'm going to play that he called. Uh, what was the guy he's going to fight? Um, Dustin Poirier. Dustin Poirier. He had, called him a pea head. Yeah, he called him a pea head. I don't know if that's short for like peanut head or if he's. I don't know what that like, was. Pea as in urine? Like, I, I don't know what's going on over here, but oh, hey. Hey, look, hold on. I got the audio. I'm going to play it right now. Dustin. I'm coming for you, P-Head. Silly hillbilly. Okay, so did you hear that? It was like weird, like a... And he's like whispering to him. He's he, like, I'm coming for you. Dog, this guy's hilarious. Conor McGregor, vintage Conor McGregor is back, and he's still headlining. So, yeah, he's on my who's hot. And who you got for who's not? Okay, for my who's not, I got Andre Drummond. Andre Drummond went on an Instagram post, and I think he... He might have forgot he went on his burner account like KD. So he went on to say to somebody like, 
it was in a comment that somebody said, "Oh man, they Lakers lost, and y'all should have could have played better, and this is that and the other." And Andre Drummond commented under some random guy's post and said, "Man, that's y'all coach who didn't play me enough. Maybe the uh, results would have turned out differently." Come on now, okay. Those who <laughs> those who don't know, Andre Drummond was getting passed around the league like hot potato from the Pistons to the Cavs, now to Lakers, because he play, he has such an old style of play. He plays like it's back in the eighties. You know, he plays like he think he's Shaq, but he, without the Shaq skill. You know, so Andre Drummond believes, for whatever reason, that he was the missing piece to beating the Suns in the elimination game. He was the guy who should have had the ball in the crucial moments. Not LeBron. Not Anthony Davis. No, no, no. Those are not the guys. You want you want big Andre Drummond to have the ball in the clutch minutes. 16. You're not that guy, pal. Trust me. You're not that guy. So, no. That's that's who's on, on our who's not list. Second on our who's not list is James Harden. I mean, for obvious reasons. Uh, James Harden left the Houston Rockets. You know, because he wasn't, didn't want to be here. Hey, you can't blame a man for how he feels. You know, whatever you want to leave. Anyway, he goes to a super team, top heavy. Might I add, by top heavy, I mean that your starting lineup is basically the core of your team. You have no real bench. You don't really have a lot of any. Yeah, they bench. had to give up most of it involved with that trade. Exactly. So you go to a top heavy team, you sacrifice, um, you kind of put the records in a bad position, and you go to the Nets, and you don't succeed, and you're kind of injured, and you don't win. Now you're at home. <laughs> but anywho Two players who you kind of got removed from your team And P.J. Tucker And Chris Paul Are now playing against each other in the finals I said earlier in our podcast that he made fun of them And their backstory said it was a cute love story Now they have a really cute love story In the NBA finals while you're at home <laughs> Sensational Ha, 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 ha. Oh, the irony. How Not, sweet it is. How sweet it is. You know, so James Harden is definitely on our Who's Not list. Uh, for me, that's about it, man. And that has been our show. Thank you for listening to the Break Room Podcast, man. Follow us on Facebook at the, you know, or subscribe to it, whatever the little blue button is, uh, the Break Room Podcast 1. And follow us on Instagram at the.breakroom.podcast. And on Twitter at the Break Room Podcast H O U. Evan, going to shout out your socials for us. Yeah, one more time for y'all. Go ahead and follow me on Twitter at Evan Schumard TV. Again, last name is S H U M A R D. And on IG, y'all can follow me at Evan One Eight. So, man, follow my boy, man. Follow the show. Interact with us on the show. Ask questions. We're actually going to be doing some Twitter live uh, during the final. So, talk to us. Holler at us. Also, follow us on Spotify. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts from, subscribe to us so you always be ready and listen when whenever we drop something, man. So check us out. Take it easy. We will see you next time. Uh, okay, last night, I'm still recovering up from last night. Last night, I was fighting demons with my past life. That's right, I was pouring, drinking, sipping, acting right. Addicted to the fact.